UUCC. My name is Jim Johnston, and my pronouns are he, him, and his. I am a member of your board of trustees, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to worship this morning at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. And this is my actually first time doing this live in the sanctuary, so it's great to see everybody. As we begin, we want to honor and remember the Piscataway people and their ancestors, for it is upon their land that we reside. We are served by the Reverend Paige Getty, minister, and as well as by our very talented and dedicated team of musicians, educators, and other professional staff. Thank you all. And much appreciation also goes out to many of you, our lay leaders and volunteers. Your incredible efforts and dedication help keep us connected. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, whoever you love, and whatever your faith tradition, you are welcome here. And we particularly welcome any guests who are joining us this morning, either online or in person. And we encourage you to fill out the visitors form in the lobby or to show up on the chat so we have a chance to meet and welcome you after services. And for finally, for those attending in person in the sanctuary this morning at the Owen Brown Interface Center, we ask you to take a moment now to silence your phones and other electronic devices. And I have a progressive series of announcements this morning. Well, to start with, immediately following the climate-themed service next Sunday, right here in the sanctuary, the climate team will be hosting a climate fair, which will give you a chance to have some tasty and climate-friendly treats, snacks, coffee, and everyone is encouraged to stay, have the snacks, and learn more about the many ac climate activities. We'll have tables set up around the room so you can learn more about the climate activities we're doing right here. And Colette Gallant for a skit about the upcoming auction. Be here next Saturday. Good morning, everyone. We are Lee, she, and, him. And Colette, she, her. And we're offering an auction item this year where we will play the collaborative storytelling role-playing game of Fiasco before some yummy food. Fiasco is a game where you'll pretend to be an ordinary person whose ambitions and poor impulse control lead you into some very ridiculous situations. This game usually takes about an hour and a half, uh, but we've created an example for you in just two minutes today. <laughs> okay. All right, so setting, suburbia. All right. Nosy neighbor. <laughs> Nerdy teen wannabe mad scientist. Okay, nosy neighbor wants neighbor's property. Hmm, okay, um, teen scientist wants power. Concocting plan. Experimenting on animals. Accidental fire. <gasps> Chickens escape from house. Chickens? Chickens. Okay. Um, chickens on my lawn, phoning HOA. <laughs> Tell Tilt. Teen scientist lost love. Favorite chicken died in fire. Must get revenge. Currently battling HOA, which has identified several covenant infractions after visiting my home because of the chickens. <laughs> Poisons nosy neighbors' homegrown tomatoes. Falls terribly ill from tomatoes. Unable to keep HOA papers straight. <laughs> Aftermath. <laughs> nosy neighbor, dead. From 1,000 paper cuts. <laughs> Teen scientist expanded science lab to nosy neighbor property, where chickens now feast on her non-poisonous tomatoes. The, the end. end. <laughs> the 
the annual auction is happening Saturday, November 12th. Doors open at 345 and bidding begins at 5. Registration is $10 per person and there is childcare available for $5 per kid. Today is your last day to get donations in and the silent auction will open on Wednesday. Attending, bidding on, and donating to our auction is a great way to support UUCC, support our community, and build your social calendar, whether you're newer to UUCC or have been around for years. The auction team will be at social hour today to answer any questions and to help you register, or you can visit the auction webpage. And please bid on our item to join us for a fiasco of your own. <laughs> Good morning, UUCC. It's good to be with you again after missing you last week, but it looks like you had a lively service. My name is Paige Getty. I use the pronouns she and her, and it is a great privilege to serve as minister of this congregation. And to be here in the room and online with so many of you this morning, I see new faces and I see some faces I haven't seen in a while, and it's wonderful to have you back. Just a couple more housekeeping notes as we begin. We um, do not print many paper copies of our order of service anymore, but you can follow along on your mobile device by using the QR code that's on the screen. It's also available online to those of you who are with us remotely today. And if you're in the sanctuary and need a hearing assistance device, those are available from the sound booth in the back, so please don't hesitate to see them and ask for one of those. Um, note that we're going to have two different times of sharing in the service this morning. Later in the service, you're going to be invited to speak aloud the names of your loved ones who have died. But earlier in the service, we are going to honor joys and sorrows as we typically do. So make sure you get those in pretty quickly so that we can give voice to your personal joys and sorrows at that time in the service. You can send those to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net or write them in the book that's at the back of the sanctuary. And one more announcement. Um, you heard about the climate fair that's happening next week, but before the climate fair in the worship service, members of our climate team are going to be doing a question box style service. So if you have questions about climate, climate change, um, that you would like members of that team to answer, bring them with you on, on Sunday or email them to climateaction at uucolumbia.net in advance of the service. And one last thing before we begin is just a big thank you to everyone who contributes to services every month. We've got the choir here today and Michael and other members of the staff, a hospitality team both online and here in person, a tech team without whom we would be completely lost, and an incredibly dedicated team of volunteers and staff. So thank you all for making it possible to worship each week. Today is our annual remembrance service. You're going to be invited, whether you're here in the sanctuary or connected remotely, to speak the names of loved ones who have died, especially those who've died in the past year, but really anyone whose memory is especially present with you today. In this service, we honor life and death and the love that is born of grief, the grief that is born of love. And today, in November 2022, the amount of loss, of death, of grief is remarkable. Nearly three years into a global pandemic that's not yet over, 
on the eve of midterm elections that remind us of much that has been lost and perhaps gained. As we bid farewell this year to a number of loved ones, some of them having succumbed to despair, gone much too soon, we carry so much grief with us. And today, all of that grief, the fear, the frustration, the heartache, even the anger that comes, but especially the love is welcome among us. We will remember and honor this grief in poetry and music today. And as our service begins, I invite you to hear these words excerpted from Harbingers of Frost, written by Reverend Robert Weston. Autumn, we know, is life en route to death. The asters are but harbingers of frost. The trees flaunting their colors at the sky and other times will follow where the leaves have fallen, and so shall we. Yet other lives will come. So may we know, accept, embrace the mystery of life we hold but a while. In the spirit of love, that love from which our grief is born, let us worship. Thank you for coming and lighting the flame in our chalice. Come on up. Today we welcome our grief, even when it comes hard. Thank you, Helena. So in that spirit, we dedicate this flaming chalice with these words of the poet Denise Levertov, who writes, in talking to grief. Ah, uh, grief, I should not treat you like a homeless dog who comes to the back door for a crust, or for a meatless bone. I should trust you. I should coax you into the house and give you your own corner, a worn mat to lie on, your own water dish. You think I don't know you've been living under my porch. You long for your real place to be readied before winter comes. You need your name, your collar, and tag. You need the right to warn off intruders. 
to consider my house your own and me your person and yourself my own dog. Will you rise in body or in spirit as we join our voices, not yet in singing, but in speaking together our congregational covenant as we reaffirm these promises we make to and with one another? Strengthened by our common humanity and inspired by our seven principles, we promise to be a safe and welcoming community, to nurture each other's hearts and spirits, to delight in the beauty of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual journeys, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus, we pledge our time and vigor to the continuing celebration of spirit, of the world, and of humankind. And before you take your seats, will you turn and gently greet one another and welcome each other? Hi, Joanne. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning. Hi, John and Kathy. Good morning. I am so Good morning. My name is Kelly Daniker. My pronouns are she and hers, and it is my joy to serve as the religious education assistant at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia. Um, if there are kids who are willing to help me with something this morning, I could use some help down front. Um, I've lost something, so I'm going to have you guys help me find it. Thank you, Helena. Thank you, lady. Come on down. <laughs> you guys can have a seat right here for me. Hello, Delilah. Good morning. All right, friends. So this morning, I asked Reverend Page to hide a magic marker for me. It's like a big, fat magic marker. I think it's silver with a black cap. And in a second, I'm going to ask you guys to find it for me. So here are the parameters. You will find it somewhere between here and the piano. Now, you don't need to touch anything here. It's not here. And Reverend Page tells me that you do not need to go up the stairs to find it. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right, so while you're looking, no running like crazy. We're going to be super focused. Oh, it's not under there, Helen. Remember, not on the table. We're going to be super focused. When you have found it, I'm going to invite you to hold it up and say, found it. And then everybody's going to come back here, all right? Everybody, you want to stand up? All right, remember, quietly, focused. Gently see if you can find this marker because I genuinely have no idea where it is and I need it. <laughs> it won't be any farther than that wall. So if you don't see it over there, 
Oh, that looks like a good direction. It could be over by the piano, but oh, Helena found our marker. Thank you. <laughs> Come have a seat for me. Thank you, Reverend Page. Excellent, excellent. So there are a few things in my life that are pretty certain. It's certain that at least once a day I'm going to lose my glasses or my phone or my marker. And I confess that when I lose something, I don't handle it particularly well. I experience a sense of panic, and I have difficulty focusing on anything else until I find whatever it is that I lost. Even though I asked Paige to hide this from me this morning, I knew the loss was coming, I still was panicked. And so luckily, I'm generally able to find the things that go missing. But what do we do when there's no possibility of finding what we've lost? What do we do when we've lost a being, a pet that we love? Have you ever lost someone that you loved, a pet that you've loved, right? You've had someone close to you die, right? When that happens, it can feel like we are on an eternal search for something we just won't find again. The grief we experience can be overwhelming. It can give us tunnel vision until nothing but the grief exists. It has a tendency to shut down all of our senses. We no longer see or heal, hear or feel the things around us that might give us some comfort, that might give us a way forward. And so this morning, I thought we would create a grief comfort menu. When we are grieving, what are the things that we can see and hear and smell and touch that might bring us comfort? And I'm going to ask everybody if you have ideas. So what is something you could see that would give you comfort, Helena? What could you see? Say that again. Oh, a ladybug. So something in nature. That's something you can see. That is a perfect answer. What could you see? What could you see, Violet? Uh, say that again. Mother's kitty was dead. What was, do you know what she said? Oh, kitty. Kitty always makes me feel better. Thank you for interpreting. What can you see that would make you feel better? Flowers. Wow, you guys are sharp. All right. How about things that you can hear? Anybody out here? What's something you could hear that would give you comfort, Margo? What's that? Birds. You could hear birds that would give you comfort. Anyone else? What else? Music could give you. I was waiting on it. Music can give us comfort. Anybody? Oh, in the back. Oh, children's laughter. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Anyone else? One more. Oh, the ocean, that's a good one. You got an ooh-ah up here for that one. Smell. What are smells that make you feel good? What do you think? You want me to come back? Cake. Cake is an excellent smell that can make you feel better. What else? Fresh pie is a really good smell. Uh, Desmond, back there, what's one more? Eucalyptus. Can't argue that. All right, one more. Touch. What's something that you could touch? A hug, right? 
little human contact. What else? Uh, who have we not heard from? Yeah. Air. Air. That's lovely. All right, we'll take one more all the way back. <laughs> I like your chutzpah. <laughs> so the truth is, no matter how good your menu is, grief is not an easy or short journey. It's a process, and it can last forever in some cases. It is with that knowledge that we intentionally gather every year at UCC for this day of remembrance. We gather to honor whatever loss you're grieving and to honor wherever you are in your grieving process. We hope that today's service might be something that you can feel and hear and touch and be comforted by. Today we remember. You guys are going to stay here for a second, okay? Stay right here. We are going to invite you to stay with us for a few more minutes. You can stay right where you are, or you may go back to your grown-ups if you want to. But it's, all, it's fine if you stay right there. I'm going to invite Dorothy Hutchins to come on up. We have a special presentation to make, um, and I'm going to let Dorothy tell you about it. My name is Dorothy Hutchins. My pronouns are she and her. Today, the bookstore team would like to recognize Eileen and Roger McIntyre for the way their efforts have enriched our community life on Sundays. Sunday after Sunday, year after year, Eileen managed our UUC Coffee Hour bookstore. Roger was her chief assistant and toter. Before we had our dedicated bookstore space in Sanctuary B, they had to schlep books up from a downstairs closet to the lobby and back every Sunday. After the expansion, Eileen and Roger procured and installed the shelving for the new space. All these years, Eileen ordered new books from our UU Beacon Press, managed the used book inventory, including redonating the unsold items and utilized their garage for storage when necessary. She recruited and organized a volunteer bookstore team and kept us on our toes. She kept the bookstore accounts each week. We're talking hours and hours of time. Those of us who love to browse books on Sunday, thank you. Those of us who appreciate a way to donate our used books to benefit UUCC, thank you. Those of us who got books for our UUCC classes, thank you. Those of us who found a title mentioned in a sermon, thank you. Those of us who had a craft displayed in the bookstore, thank you. Those of us who love jigsaw puzzles, thank you. And the whole congregation thanks you for the financial contribution the bookstore made yearly to UUCC. And we would like to give you this small token of the bookstore appreciation. Thank you, Eileen. Thank you, Raj, and thank you all to all of the bookstore team. Thank you, Dorothy. 
We are now going to honor our personal joys and sorrows. And kids, we're inviting you to stay for this ritual today. And then when we're singing after the prayer, we'll invite you to go with Miss Kelly to your classes. Ashley, I wonder if you and Desmond would be willing to help by placing the pebbles in the water while we honor these joys and sorrows. Thank you. We not only give voice to the sorrows and the joys that are being shared, but we also place a pebble in a communal bowl of water. This symbolizes the way that each individual life ripples out and touches all of us and is held by the love that we share. And Desmond, one last pebble in that water for all of those things that are unspoken but are held among us this morning. You have our love. Will you please share just a few moments of reflection and silence? And then when Michael begins playing, we will sing together, Comfort Me, and the words will appear on the screen.
great and holy spirit of life, of love, of death. May we know that we are not alone in our grief. May we be strengthened by this community, by the sounds and the sights and the smells of the earth. May we have the strength we need even in the face of despair and of loss to be all we can be to bring hope and love and healing to this world. As we sing, if you'd like to honor your own joys and sorrows in silence, you may come forward and place a pebble in the bowl of water. I invite you now to join your voices in song. our theme of welcoming the grief that is born of love. I offer this poem written by Mahogany L. Brown titled, Do Not Make Grief Your God. Do not make grief your God. Instead, make it a cup of coffee 
the espresso percolator wheezing on the biggest eye of the stove. Consider the dress. Line up every spark you own and weep at its small finalities. Hold each piece of silk and cotton like the gone love, hero, heart. Name the garment. Please give grief a name. Then fold it, origami. Place it kindly in a home suitable for royal things. Text every contact in your cell phone. I love you. I love you. I love you. 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 Try this same exercise with your email inbox, newsletter, spam, and such correspondence. Each item will bounce back with your declaration in the subject line. I love you. I love you. I love you. 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 Glorious chant of remembrance. Praise the ability to feel this deep. The goldfish the grandparent, the ball player, the children detained, the spoiled water, the sewer spilt government, the son, the daughter, the bullet, the gift of ghosting, the promise of no more, the mother, the father, the empty womb, the empty heart, the desert branch throat clenching tightly, a name no one will speak. On the third day, pull yourself out of bed. Wake with a start. Can you feel death's bone milk? Good. This means you are among the living. Good. This means your heart is yours. Do not drink from the glass left next to the bed overnight. Do not drink from the glass of the unknown. Find fresh water. Find fresh water. Become fresh water. Pour into yourself. On the fourth day when you wake, leave grief asleep if you can. Grief is already sitting upright on top of the duvet covers next to your closet on the nightstand against the crowded windowsill. Call it by the name you've crowned it. Grief will watch you make the bed and fluff the pillows with lavender oil. Invite grief for a walk. Remind it with a whisper. We all need fresh air. You and grief move soundless beneath the sun. You climb the stairs past the puddles of dew. You and grief walk side by side, hands not touching, but feather wisp close. The light tips its full cup everywhere. Michael, thank you for the gift of music. Everyone, thank you for the gift of your offerings that you contribute to the work of this congregation in the world. Your offerings are freely given and gratefully received. Mm -hmm.
Glorious chant of remembrance, praise the ability to feel this deep. The goldfish, the grandparent, the children detained, the son, the daughter, the mother, the father, the empty womb, the empty heart, a name no one will speak. Whoever and whatever you are grieving this morning, you are invited and encouraged to welcome the memories that are present. Praise the ability to feel this deep. In our Unitarian Universalist tradition, we do not carry, share a common understanding of what happens when we die. We openly acknowledge the mystery of those things that we simply cannot know with any certainty. But we do honor death and grief for the meaning and impact that death and grief have on the ways that we live. In every Unitarian Universalist memorial service I've ever conducted or attended, we acknowledge a kind of life after death that honors the earthly legacies of our ancestors, our loved ones, with our memories, with our stories, with how we imbue their values into our lives. And it is in that spirit that we hold this service of remembrance today and every year. We know that by intentionally calling to mind our loved ones, by telling their stories, by remembering who they were in their full and imperfect humanness, we keep their essence alive. As we remember, let us be mindful that those gone before us were human, just as we are human, fully and imperfectly human, a mixture of terrible and wonderful, boring, passionate, loving, hurtful, joyful, 
talented, heartbroken. In a few minutes, you will have the chance to honor someone you are particularly remembering today, to speak aloud their name and perhaps a word or a simple phrase that signifies what this person's memory is bringing to your heart, and then to light a candle in their honor. Those here in the sanctuary will be invited to come forward and speak names and light candles themselves. Those of you on Zoom will also be invited to speak names and will light a candle in the room on your behalf. But now I invite you in just, into just a moment of reflection. Close your eyes if you're comfortable doing so. And open your heart to the memory of someone you have lost, maybe this year, but maybe many years ago, perhaps through death or perhaps lost simply through the twists and turns of life. You may have known for many days that this was the name you would bring to this service, or the may, name may have just arisen unbidden from the depths of your memory. Hold that name, that memory. Imagine the one you seek to honor. Remember their presence, their look, their smell, their laugh. Remember what brought you joy. Remember, too, what made you grit your teeth or roll your eyes or fume with anger. This, too, is part of the one you honor today. This, too, is who they were. Open your heart to the full humanness of this person or being whom you loved. Remember the best of what they were, the values they lived by, the action they inspired, even as it existed in one who was And give yourself permission to love the whole being, not to forget anger if you had it, or hurt if you felt it, but to love the whole perfect and imperfect being. We honor who they were. We love who they were. As you hold these memories, we're going to receive the blessing of the choir singing. And after that, I'll extend the invitation for you to speak names and light candles.
If you have someone whose name you would like to speak this morning, I invite those of you in the room to form a line. This way we're going to walk to the microphone and then light a candle and return to your seat. Those of you on Zoom, we will call on you after everyone in this room has spoken. So use the, that raise hand feature on Zoom to let me know you'd like to speak. I encourage you to follow the guidance of the one sentence statement so we can hear all the names. Today, I remember my father, John, who lived a life filled with kindness and orderliness. I light a candle for Mary Lou Brittingham, my friend of 59 years who died on October the 26th. I remember my husband's cousin, Frank Nile Greenlee, who died last November. I remember my friend, James B. Lancaster, who died in June, a friend of over 50 years, he and his wife, he lived a life of purpose, determination, civil justice, and um, giving to others. I remember, I remember my brother, Marty, Marty Barrick, who died just two months ago, um, and it's still kind of raw. I remember my son, Andrew, who died at age 22 in 1995, and I still miss him. I remember my mother, Grace Mulder, who died in 1991, whose life was filled with family. I remember my good friend, Mike Stewart, who died two weeks ago, who lived a life filled with adventure. Today I'm remembering a non-human, my beloved Kitty Waldo, our beloved Kitty Waldo, who lived a fragile life full of love and snuggles and left way too soon, and to everyone's furry friends who grace our lives.
I remember Alice, who lived her life with passion and joy. I remember my mother who died Sunday, November 6, 2005. She lived a life of giving to her family and to charities and a life filled with music. I remember my grandmother, Alice Jones, who lived a life filled with kindness and love. I remember my great uncle Tom who passed just a couple weeks ago who lived a life filled with love and supporting others. I remember my uncle Tom uh, who died in August and lived a life filled with languages and a sharp tongue. I remember my late wife Betty Jackson who lived a life full of Caring for lots of other people. I remember my older cousin, John Gentry, who lived the life of service and reliability. I remember my sister, Misty, the Reverend Misty Dudlap, who lived a life of service and intelligence. I remember my cousin Brianna and her partner Joe, who lived lives full of connection. We remember our son James, JT, who died earlier this year at age 33 uh, with nothing but love in his heart. And a life filled with loving friends and family and music and laughter. I remember my father, Douglas, who lived a life full of honor. I remember my mother, Mary, who lived a life of love and service. I remember Velma and Harry Hamilton, my parents. Both died many years ago, but I remember them still. They lived lives of generosity and peace. I remember my dad, Jay, who lived a life filled with enthusiasm. I remember my mother, Cynthia, who lived a life filled with providing for her family. I remember my father, David, my stepdad, Ed, and my brother, Adam. They lived a life filled with love and family and me.
Amelia, would you be willing to come light candles for those who are with us remotely? Thank you. Betty Myers, I see your hand. And you're now unmuted so we can hear you. I remember Dawn Myers, who lived a life filled with joy, humor, and passion. Thank you, Betty. Becky. Oh, I need to unmute you. Oh, where did you go? There, wait, hold on. All right, there you go, Becky. Thank you. I remember my sister, Laura Ellen Weaver, who died many years ago at the age of 24. She lived a life full of humor and wit and chaos. Thank you, Becky. Herbert Shankroff. I remember our daughter, Jan, who lived a life of service. A candle for Jen. Thank you. Jillian. Um, today, uh, I'd like to remember my father who raised me, Harvey Brenner, who passed away in August and who lived a life of encouraging others to be their best and never gave up researching what he felt needed to be understood more fully. Thank you, Jillian. Is there anyone else who's with us on Zoom who would like me to call on them? Jenna, I think, go ahead, Jenna. I'd like to remember my daughter, Angelica Rose, died in March 3rd, 96. Mm -hmm. uh, my friend, Tiffany Amber Rose in December, 2015 and my mother, who lived a life of creativity and love, um, passed away in November 30th of 2020. Thank you, Jenna. Anybody else on Zoom? Thank you, Amelia. We hold all of these names, these lives, in our hearts and with love. And now as Michael plays a special music selection, you are invited in the room to come forward and light candles in silence, if you wish. Thank you, Michael.
We welcome grief, and we're also honest about our own mortality. And it's in that spirit that we close with these words of the beloved Mary Oliver in Blackwater Woods. Look, the trees are turning their own bodies into pillars of light, are giving off the rich fragrance of cinnamon and fulfillment. The long tapers of cattails are bursting and floating away over the blue shoulders of the ponds. And every pond, no matter what its name is, is nameless now. Every year, everything I have ever learned in my lifetime leads back to this. The fires and the black river of loss, whose other side is salvation whose meaning none of us will ever know. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal. To hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. Amen. In peace and in love, let us go until we meet again.
Questions for another day. I think I know what you've been asking me. I think you know, and you should always know. Wherever you may go, no matter where you are, I never will be. Night, my angel. Now it's time to sleep, and still so many things I want to say. Remember all the songs you sang for me when we went sailing on an emerald bay, and like a boat out on the ocean. I'm rocking you to sleep. The water's dark and deep inside this ancient heart. You'll always be a part of me. my angel now it's time to dream and dream how wonderful your life will be someday your child may cry and if you sing this lullaby then in your heart there will always be a part of me Someday we'll all be gone, but lullabies go on and on. They never die. That's how you and I will be. 
back on these times and the dreams we left behind I'll be glad cause I was blessed to get to have you in my life when I look back on these days I'll look and see your face you were right there for me 